right, recording this 2.58 on the 5th of May. Uh, today, me and Nolan are joined by a special, special guest. We had Cohen, we had Haynes, and now today we got Macri. Macri is here to spend a little bit of time with us. Um, you know, I wanted to ask Macri about, like, uh, this next season so far, because, you know, coming into the season, uh, we were expecting to have, like, a top five pick. You know, some Knicks fans were expecting us to get an estimate, like, 25 to 30 wins. Um, and then all of a sudden, we have this magical season. And I know if you interviewed, you know, Mike Green throughout the season and uh, other reporters that have been around the team, uh, I wanted to ask you, like, like, how has been your overall feeling, like, about the team this season, the turnaround? Because, you know, we were supposed to be, you know, a top five lottery team. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, the first thing I'll say is that it's been a surprise, uh, you know, for I know, like, as Nick fans, we constantly are kind of have our guard up and we're we're, you know, we tend to take offense when different people in the media will, you know, project us to be terrible and, and this or that. But like the reality of the situation is that there's nobody, you know, who had the Knicks. Like maybe, you know, there were some people I'm sure who, who thought they might compete for the play-in spot, but like nobody thought this was going to happen. So, you know, I, I remember doing podcasts before the year started in which I was said, you know, that there was no conceivable way, nothing that they could do that could result in them, you know, being anything other than a last place team in their, in their division because of the division they play in. So I think the reason I, I talk or I'm talking a lot about what a surprise this was is because I think the NBA in particular, perhaps more than any other sport, is a league where narratives matter and narratives build up over time. And, you know, the Knicks needed a good narrative this season. Um, more, I would argue, than any team in the league just because of how things have have gone over the last several years, not only in terms of wins and losses, but just the perception around the franchise. So I think to have a year like this where the expectations were so low and now, you know, they're going to, I don't know, whatever they're going to finish, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, even, you know, there's still a possibility, I guess, they don't even make the playoffs and they have to go through the play-in. But the fact that the narrative has turned around, um, I think a lot of excitement has been generated and I think it's I think it's warranted because it's not just excitement amongst the fan base which obviously this has been very exciting for all of us but I think even more than that people around the league are looking at the Knicks now and they're saying oh my god you know this is now a situation that we at least need to pay attention to and I really do believe that this is a, a team that players around the league are all, all of a sudden looking at and saying you know, that's a place that I might want to come. I don't, you know, who that player is or, or how they get that player. I'm not, you know, I, I can't sit here and be like, oh, I know for sure they're going to uh, whatever trade for Damian Lillard or sign like Kyle Lowry. I, I don't, I don't know the specifics, but if you're a team in the NBA that plays in a major market and you're, and you're good um, and you're functional, good things tend to happen. So definitely like, all due respect to anybody who was like, ah, you know, they're going to regret not ending up with a top five pick. Like that's, that's not a plan. That's something that maybe you luck into and something good happens out of it. But 
this is absolutely the best thing that could have happened to the team this year. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, like you said, with the lottery, even we've seen in recent years just how the luck in the lottery is really just kind of a shit show. You don't know what you're going to get, and no player, no matter how high you draft them, is guaranteed to actually produce for you. So, I mean, the year they're having and just the culture they're building with all the assets, draft picks, cap space they have, like you said, I just think they're really set up pretty well for the future. Yeah, no, 100%. There is there is no such thing. Well, I shouldn't say there's no such thing. There's almost no <laughs> such thing. as I, Luca was a sure thing, right? Um, right. You know, I'm, I'm a couple other – there's been a couple other examples. But, like, there's always uncertainty. Like, guys that you think are can't miss prospects, and all you have to do is just go through literally any year, pretty much, almost any year of draft history – and you don't even have to look very far. Just look at the first three picks of every year. And there's like a 90% chance that when you look at the first three picks, you're going to find a guy that worst case scenario was a complete bust. And like more instances than not, someone from those from that top three, and sometimes more than one person from that top three, you know, didn't did, or fell far short of expectations. So, you know, the notion that like, they could have guaranteed themselves something by being the worst team in the league. And like, that would have been great. Like that's, it's just not realistic. So. Yeah, I agree with that. Totally. Uh, Hans, is there anything else you wanted to talk about on that aspect of the next season and your take on what they're no, because uh, Yeah. Because this next season to me has been very special just based on the fact that I started watching this team growing up watching this team during the Starberry era. Right. And um, well, you're watching throughout those years. Those years are nothing but disappointment. You know, we know we had that one year with Melo and uh, we went to the second round and lost to the Pacers. Right. But um, and I don't know, Macri, I don't know if you've been a fan since the 90s, but I have not seen winning basketball in this city in a while. Right. And uh, this season really uh, marks uh hopefully a fresh start and seeing this regime really uh, make the best out of what they have. Remember we were the lowest payroll on the team and uh, you know, and I'm right with Macri, right? Cause like uh, the draft picks, you could find uh, steals anywhere in the draft. And I'm pretty confident with this front office on how they handled the quickly situation. And um, you know, OB, OB, I would prefer, I, I liked how OB was supposed to come into the NBA more uh, NBA ready and he hasn't really hasn't been, but um, he's still he's a hard worker. And I, I and I appreciate what the Knicks have done this draft. And hopefully we could continue uh, that same uh, model and into next year's draft and find pieces that could really help us uh, in the upcoming season, which sh- which should be because this is a very deep draft. There's a whole bunch of guards that look like they're going to be good. And, you know, hopefully we can make a run at one of those guys. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. It's well said. I mean, I mean, like, and what you said about Obi too, it's like he is trending in the right direction and he hasn't really been in a situation where he's been able to play heavy minutes just because Randall's been having such an incredible and surprising year. So, I mean, I think if he had more playing time on the court and had a real point guard to play with, like you see how much better he plays with D. Rose, that you'd see his, his rookie season in a much different light than we see it now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, um, just, you know, briefly on Obi, I think it's worth noting that the, the guy's shooting 61% from uh, on twos this year. So mm. it's it's not like he's gone out there and, 
can't do anything. Like he's among rookies who have played at least 500 minutes. His, uh, his two point percentage is I think second um, to Okongwu. So, you know, he can do stuff out there. It's just, like you said, he's not getting any opportunity. Um, obviously he's struggling from, from three. Um, and it's, it's not an ideal situation for him because He's playing alongside a traditional big man, and in a perfect world, you you want to put him in a situation where it's you know it's four out, and he's the he's the role man, he's the lob threat, he you know. But um, you know we'll see. And look, not every Rome wasn't built in a day, so <laughs> the the situations you're seeing Obi Toppin in right now, you know, presuming they hang on to him, are not necessarily the same situations that he's always going to be in, in in on this team. So, yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's well said. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess uh, the last thing we'll get you with before we let you get out of here is um, just kind of a little bit on tonight's game uh, against the Nuggets. I mean, I saw that, I mean, obviously the Nuggets were nine and one going into Monday's game against the Lakers. And you saw that the Lakers are a team that have like a physical brand of defense and that that kind of gave them a little bit of trouble. I mean, we got they got Nurkic or not Nurkic, you got Jokic in foul trouble, hit four fouls. Michael Porter Jr. put up some decent numbers, but he, I think his stat line was 19 points on eight of five shooting, so still shooting over 50%, two of seven from three. One was waived after a ridiculous flop by AD. Um, and only six rebounds in 39 minutes, which I mean, that's pretty average, but I think defenses like that really have been a problem for Denver, especially with Murray being out and that while Michael Porter Jr. started figuring things out in the second half of the last game in the first quarter, he only was one of four. He had zero shot attempts in the second. So that's one for four for the entire first half. And then he got three for six and third, four for five in the fourth. And um, I just kind of wanted to think or ask you your opinion on if you think the Knicks defense can present similar challenges. I know a lot of people on Twitter are always saying after they play the Knicks that their defense is so tough. A lot of fans are always complaining, saying we get away with fouls. And I think it's kind of one of those things that you've seen in the NBA for years where you know, the Knicks, not that they foul all the time or anything, but they almost put you in a position where they play so physical throughout a game that the refs can't literally call everything. And they lead, that leads to them playing like kind of like a mugging style and just getting into a position where you have to let some, some calls go as a ref. So what do you think about the Knicks defense and how they'll match up against – uh, Denver tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think generally, um, I mean, look, the, the, the thing about the Knicks defense is there's no, there's not a whole lot of mystery about what they try to do. They, they, you know, traditionally, Thibodeau defenses have um, tried to prevent teams from taking a lot of shots at the rim. I think. This the the difference this year is because the Knicks are you know lucky enough to have I mean when Mitch was around two of the top ten um, shot blockers in the NBA and even that you know we'll see Noel might not be there tonight um, 
and we'll see about Pell. But, um, you know, they, they have rim protection. So they, it's almost like, yes, they do try to still prevent teams from shooting in the paint, but they also kind of trust their centers. And that's why, at last I checked, they were had the second or third um, lowest opponent um, accuracy rate on shots in the restricted area. So, like, teams don't hit shots at the rim against them. Um, and it's not like they take a ton either. So that's what they want to do. I think the physicality is kind of baked into that to a certain extent. But really, their whole de- – and Tibbs, this isn't, you know, anything groundbreaking because Tibbs says it all the time. It's all about, okay, well, if, when you have those extra bodies who have a foot in the paint to try to deter these drivers or make the, the lives of the drivers hard – um, how quickly can they then get back out for a contest on a three-point shot? And I think we've seen some of the better three-point shooting teams this year, you know, have been able to, I don't want to say solve the Knicks defense because it's not like they're doing anything like, you know, that creative. It's that they have really good shooters. The Nets, for right. example. Um, like, you know, if you give Joe Harris a sliver of daylight, he's, you know, probably going to hit a shot like Utah gave uh, mostly the second game, but like those guys could just hit a ton of threes. Um, Milwaukee absolutely blew the doors off them in the first game after uh, out of the all-star break. Mm-hmm. Um, like good, the, the Clippers game, um, the, the first Clippers game, which I still think is the most points that the Knicks have given up the season. And sure enough, who's the best shooting three point shooting team in the NBA this year, the Clippers. So, like, if you're a team that can hit threes, um, you could beat the Knicks because you're gonna they're you're gonna have a sliver of daylight to get that shot off. The thing that's that's going to be interesting tonight is um, the Clippers are banged up not only with Murray, but they don't have um, they don't have PJ Dozier who started for them last game because he got hurt, right. and they're also missing um, they're also missing Will Barton who is, you know, is a, a contributor for them. And I'm, I'm forgetting, forgetting one of the, I think there's one of the, oh, um, Monty Morris. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're really, so, it, yeah. So I, I would expect them tonight to trot out a starting backcourt of Austin Rivers and uh, Compasso, the, the little uh, point guard that they signed. And like, you know, Austin Rivers from deep is not the same thing as, uh, you know, Will Barton or even Monty Morris. Right. So, like, um, I, I think the Knicks may may get a little lucky there. That said, Porter is a huge fucking problem. <laughs> so, excuse my French. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know, good. you know, <laughs> you, you seem like you're pretty good with the stats. Like, he's putting up 25 or 26 a game over the last, uh, I think his last eight games. He's really good. Um, and he can hit shots and he could do some stuff with the ball. And Jokic is, you know, Jokic is the runaway MVP winner. But, you know, that said, I think the most valuable player tonight, and I would, I honestly would have said this even if Noel is playing, and I, I have a feeling he's probably not going to. No, he is. He is. is he just is, tweeted it. That he's, that he's out? No, he's playing. He's playing. Oh, yeah. he is playing. Okay, great. Um, well, even even so, I'll, I'll say this. I think it's going to be ta- – I think you're going to see a lot of Taj on, um, on Jokic because Taj Gibson is – First of all, you know, I love – don't get me wrong. I love Nerlens Noel. He's awesome. I think he – if the NBA – all NBA defense voting um, was a little bit different in terms of a positional flexibility, he would get some consideration there. But um, he's not the biggest guy. Um, he's kind of slight. 
and we've seen him get bodied a little bit. Um, I like Taj as the matchup for Jokic more than Noel, and I would not be surprised at all if Tibbs wound up finishing like the second quarter and the fourth quarter, assuming it's a close game, um, with Taj Gibson in there. I think that's going to be really important. Um, I Jokic is not the guy you want to bring double teams to because if you double him, he's going to find someone. But then again, with the Nuggets injuries, who you know, who's the guy he's finding late? And do you mind that guy shooting? If it's, you know, again, if it's Austin Rivers, if it's, if it's compiled, I mean, compiled is good, but um, so, you know, that's going to be interesting. Aaron Gordon is another one. Aaron Gordon has not really played well late for them. So like, do you mind Jokic kicking it out to Gordon? Then again, it might not be Gordon on the floor because they also have Millsap. They have Jermichael Green. Those guys are 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 better shooters from deep than Gordon. So I think it, look, anyway you cut it, it's a tough matchup. Um, the Nuggets oh, sure. obviously won one nine of ten before the Laker game for a reason. Um, their their competition over those ten games was not great, um, but they, they you know they beat a few good teams, um, but. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I think it'll be a good test for them. Um, they haven't won in Denver in uh, something like 15 years. Yeah, uh, it's, the was telling us on the other podcast. It's, it's, I thought that was crazy. Yeah, it's, it, it's been a while. Um, so, you know, but I'm excited. I'm excited to, to see what they do. I'll say this, and, and then I, I got to run. Um, you know, this is a game that, like, if you were a Nick fan in years past, like, I mean, you know, we, we probably watch – I watch every game. I'm sure you guys do too. But, like, you probably wouldn't have even turned on the game tonight because you figure they're going to get blown out. And mm-hmm. this Nick team just finds a way to compete every night. And I, I actually am pretty sure every game that they've played in the second half of the, of the season after that first game against Milwaukee has been competitive. It's, it's come pretty much down to the end. Um, and obviously they've won a lot of those games too. So, you know, we'll see what they do. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I got to run, but I, I appreciate you guys having me on. This was fun. Yeah, appreciate no problem, you. man. Thanks for having or Thanks for coming on and uh, we appreciate you. Yeah. Hopefully Absolutely, you come back man. on. Hopefully you come back on with longer time period, man. Yeah, no, for sure. Definitely. Want, uh, the off season, hundred percent. Uh, we'll hit me back up and we'll do this again. Okay. Catch Sounds you, good, man. brother. Appreciate you. All right, be, be well. You too. Make sure to catch uh, Macquarie's stuff on the Knicks Film School. If you're a diehard fan like us, one of the best contents out on YouTube. And we'll, guys, we'll check you guys out uh, later.